Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2. Hi folks and welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC multiverse and the legacy of Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Age of comics. I'm Peter. And I'm David. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Today we are looking at a story from issue 136 of World's Finest Comics. Only a few issues after the World's Finest team encountered the Crimson Avenger, they're back again. And this is issue 136, which went on sale in July 1963 with a cover date of September 1963. And it was quite a busy summer, as I said last time. There's a JLA, JSA team up going on. Mm-hmm. There's Lois Lane travelling to Parallel Earths. And now we, we reach World's Finest 136. Uh, the cover is fantastic. We've got Batman being unmasked by Robin. I know. Be held back by Superman so Robin can reveal his mask. As Commissioner Gordon looks on in shock and Lois Lane's taking a photograph. Yep. And uh, Superman's saying... He's saying, Robin, unmask this man and let's take a look at his face. And Batman says, no, no, Robin, I must keep my identity secrets. I'm Batman, doesn't anybody remember me? Yep, and we have the cover legend, a super-length Superman-Batman adventure, the Batman nobody remembered. Exciting. Straight into the story. Yep. Your two favourite heroes, Superman and Batman and Robin, it says. That's three heroes, but never mind. Yep. In one adventure together, we have a great splash page. Again, it is, it's Superman actually socking Batman in the jaw. And Robin is sort of grabbing Batman around the waist and Robin is crying. At last, Superman, we finally got him. And over in the corner, Lois Lane is taking a photograph and Lois is saying, What a shot. What a story. I can see the headlines now. Superman and Robin capture unknown criminal. Yep, and then there's a sort of blurb at the bottom, there's a big sign that says, Warning. You are about to read a most unusual adventure involving Superman, Robin, and especially Batman. It is a story that may seem almost unbelievable, yet it is not an imaginary story written by Alfred. It is not a dream. It is not an hallucination. But there is an explanation for the strange events that take place. And you will learn the amazing answer in the climax of the astonishing story that can only be titled... The, the Batman, Batman Nobody, Nobody Remembers. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yep. That's how you hook people in yep. straight away. Enter the story. Like a howling demon, a storm rages about the Batplane. Yes, and we see the Batplane flying through you know, a lightning storm, and there's there's lots of rain, there's several flashes of lightning. It doesn't look like a nice night to be out, quite frankly. It's not, not. It's exactly weather for bats. Nope. Um, cut to a close-up of Batman in the Batplane. The caption says, Homeward bound from a mission. For once, Batman is glad Robin is not with him. And he's thinking, Thank heaven, I'll be home soon. Once I get through the Twin Peaks ahead. Yeah. Do you think he's, he's watching a box set? <laughs> yeah, he must be. He's doing a watch. He's got the plane on autopilot and he's doing a watch along. <laughs> he's, he's joining in with a Twitter tweet along to the final episode of the second series. In the next panel, we see the Twin Peaks he's talking about. Yes, we see the, the bat plane about to approach and the caption says, But between the towering peaks, lightning crackles about the bat plane that suddenly shudders violently. We see lightning basically strike the plane and the left wing... There's probably a technical term for it, has come off. Oh no. And Batman's thinking, just like hitting a wall, the left wing's going. My only hope now is a pancake landing. Now, do you know about pancake landings? No, I don't. What's a pancake landing? I looked this up. Basically, it's when a plane basically cuts all power and it plummets to the ground without the undercarriage going out. 
it's a form of emergency landing without uh, deploying the undercarriage to wheels and stuff. Interesting. I think it's uh, a colloquial term for it. Right. But yeah, it is actually a thing. It's not just something they made up for this. Only Batman's skill, his iron nerve, brings the bat plane down for a successful landing. Yep, and we see that the plane is now on the ground. It's ploughed a couple of furrows where it's, it's tugged on the ground and Batman is climbing out of the plane. He's thinking, never thought I'd walk away from this one. Well, now I'll have to keep on walking if I want to get home. He's almost quoting Gary Barlow there. <laughs> keep on walking down this open road. So anyway... Shortly, the thunderstorm abates and the emerging moon illuminates a familiar face. Yeah, and we see Batman. He's looking down from a bridge and it's a nice panel. It's a deep blue sky and a full moon. And, hang on, driving towards him. That looks like the Joker. <gasps> Batman's thinking, it's that grim jester, the Joker, brazenly riding out in the open. Mm-hmm. As the car speeds under the bridge... Batman makes his move. Yeah, and Batman has waited till the Joker has driven under the bridge and he's jumped off our city, so he's jumping off. Yes. And he's thinking, after today, the Joker's face will no longer be on police posters because he'll be in jail. And we move on to the top of page three and we see Batman jumping into the back of the Joker's car. And he says, Sorry, Joker, but your driver's license has just expired. And the Joker turns round, startled, and looks at him and says, What? Yep, and then the next panel, Batman just punches him in the face. <laughs> and says, so I'm taking the wheel and police headquarters will take you. Shortly at police headquarters. And we see Batman holding the Joker by the scruff of the neck. And the Joker's quite an interesting sort of costume. I mean, I'm not a Joker fan or an expert, but he's basically wearing a red sort of clown suit with yeah. um, large white polka dots over it. And Batman is leading forcibly the Joker into the, the police station. And so a couple of police officers standing about, one of whom is Commissioner Gordon. And Batman says... Hi, Commissioner. I brought you a present. The number one criminal on our wanted list. And Commissioner Gordon exclaims, Why? It's the Joker! In the next panel, we hear the Commissioner's voice and he says, But he's no wanted criminal. Everyone knows the Joker is the stage name for Freddy Forbes, the famous TV comic. And we see the Joker taking off his wig and he kind of looks a bit like... He looks like me. <laughs> he looks like me as if I've painted my face white. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Batman looks slightly nonplussed and the, the Joker is saying... There I was, wearing makeup because I was hurrying home from a rehearsal when this maniac grabbed me. And Commissioner Gordon says, Just who are you, mister? Why are you wearing that costume and mask? Batman says, Huh? Is this a gag? You know perfectly well that I'm Batman and that I'm masked to hide my secret identity while fighting crime. And then in the next panel, I say, <laughs> That man should be in jail. I think he's an escaped lunatic. And Commissioner Gordon says, I agree, mister. We're holding you for observation. And we have a nice, quite interesting sort of panel of you know Batman from the back and you know me on one side and Commissioner Gordon on the other and both sort of pointing an accusing finger at Batman. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to cosplay as this Joker at some point in the future. Maybe I'll do. We can put that um, on socials. Yeah, no, but if we get some white paint and just... Anyway, we move on to page four already. Suddenly, Batman thinks he has the answer to the mystery and acts. And Batman shoves one of the policemen out of the way and he thinks to himself, Gordon's ribbing me. That has to be it. He got someone to play the part of the Joker. Hmm. I'll pretend to be taken in by the gag and escape. Then I'll sneak back and have the last laugh on Gordon. And Commissioner Gordon cries, Stop that man! After him! Well, we take a wee pause just now and talk yes. about this Joker. Who looks, um, who looks either like me or Nicholas Briggs or any yes. other famous baldy. This is someone playing the part of a character called the Joker. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is a comic from 1963. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, obviously, you know, Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker movie played a character called the Joker. 
Mm-hmm. So it would have been interesting if they'd either taken the name Freddie Forbes and used that for him in the Joker movie, or if this character had been called Arthur Fleck, which is what he was called then. Right, yeah. That would have been quite cool. This is a flag to Batman that something's going on here, mm-hmm. something that's not quite right. So mm-hmm. but obviously Batman thinks that they're, they're ripping the mickey out of him. So back to the plot. Shortly, Batman steals back to over here. So we see Batman peeking in the window of Commissioner Gordon's office and Commissioner Gordon's on the phone and we see Commissioner Gordon and he's saying, check all asylums for an escaped inmate. Get that man's description or the null points bulletin. I want it brought in and fast. And we have a big close-up of Batman's face. Very dramatic. Looking shocked. He's thinking, great Scott, it's no gag. I don't understand. Are Gordon and the police pretending not to know me? If so, why? Why? Amazing. Later, a hunted man, Batman is forced to sneak through the back streets of the city when he is sighted by a flying figure. Yep, and Batman's not really doing a very good job of sneaking here because he's poking out of an alleyway slightly um, and he's looking up, there's a nice green dustbin and Superman's flying down, basically. Batman thinks, Superman, he must have heard about my trouble and flew here from Metropolis to help me. He's a friend I can count on. But unexpectedly, Superman shouts at Batman, Luckily, my super hearing caught the description of you from a passing police car. You better come along with me, mister. And Batman looks shocked and says, Oh no, not you too. No, no. Yep. In the grip of momentary panic, Batman flees blindly right into the path of an oncoming truck. Yep, so as Soup descends and lands on the pavement, Batman is running onto the road and there's a truck with oil written on the side and the driver shouts, Look out! Batman cries, No, no. We move on to page five. As the driver yanks on the wheel... We see Batman running and the lorry starting to screech and there's a sign that's saying, warning, street under repair. And Superman thinks to himself, Great Scott, the truck is skidding into that kerosene lamp. And there's a lamppost in the background which the lorry is, is now flying towards. Even as the truck crashes and oil spills over the spreading kerosene flames... Oh, this is going to be a disaster. Superman has grabbed the driver of the truck and we can see that the truck, you know, the flames have now reached the truck. There's, you know, there's a spillage. And Superman's flying up thinking, the flames will explode the truck any second. I've got to get the driver out first. Then with one super heave... Superman, it's not too clear actually what's happened here. You have to surmise that he's basically flown back down and picked up the lorry and flung it up into the air. Yeah. There's a huge explosion saying boom, you see a bit of the cityscape. And Superman thinks, now the explosion can't cause any harm. But I've still got some work to do. And we now come to my favourite panel in the whole story. I'm not really sure how to describe this. <laughs> the the debris that's coming away from the explosion. And Superman has flown over to a nearby seafood restaurant. Yes. Which has a giant sort of bowl on the top of it, which has written on the side, Joe's Lobster for fine seafood, and has a drawing of a giant lobster. And Superman is lifting the bowl from the top of the seafood restaurant, and he's catching all the, the flaming debris that's falling down from the explosion of the truck. And in the foreground, Batman looking a bit smug, I must be said, is thinking to himself... Thank heaven nobody was hurt because of me. While Superman is busy, I can get away, get home and become Bruce Wayne again. It'll be good to see Dick again and Alfred, who is more a friend than a butler. Yes. Over the page. And so Batman steals away as Superman is forced to deal with the emergency situation. And Superman's flying around with Joe's lobster bowl for fine seafood and he's thinking... 
got to whiz about at super speed and catch the drops of flaming oil and blazing truck remnants so that they don't fall on any buildings, then I can leave. Can we talk a bit about oh. Joe's Lobster Bowl for a moment? Oh, okay. First of all, right, it's the 60s. This is very much in the style of like the Brown Derby restaurant, you know, with the, the hat on top of the, yeah. the building. Yeah. This, this is a bowl. Yes. So basically, it would catch any water that fell in it. That's probably true. It's not a sealed bowl. Obviously, yeah. Superman's using it to catch. So any water, any but there's there's no evidence. Bird's nest and there's droppings n- there's in no there. yeah there's no evidence of water sloshing out of it or anything. So maybe it's been a dry couple of weeks, or maybe there's a plug hole in the bottom oh, or draining sort of thing. There doesn't seem to be. I know. Yeah. But also, obviously, it's made out of some very strong ceramic or something because it is catching all flaming oil and flaming yeah, oil. Yeah, yes. and I hope Clark knows what he's doing. I hope he's carried out a risk assessment. I'm sure he has. There must be at least several pages of. Jay LA, uh, red tape to fill out before this. I think so. Uh, but yes, I just thought it was, it was worth mentioning in passing, and I hope um, he, he fixes this before he puts it back on top of yeah. <laughs> Joe's restaurant. I mean, that's the thing. It's another thing I remember from like you know old cartoons. If there'd been an explosion, sort of fireworks, sort of something blown up, and it would ah. dissolve into a caption that said "Eat at Joe's." Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, you know it's, it's a paid advertisement. So that that's maybe, maybe that's what they're riffing on as well. It's possible. So anyway, back to the plot. Slow dissolve, and we see Batman with the full moon and some clouds drifting over it. And he's standing at the secret entrance to the Batcave, and he thinks to himself, The secret entrance that leads him to the Batcave is not here. Ooh. Only boulders and rock. Maybe there was a rock fog during my absence. I'll have to get into the mansion through the front door. And in the next panel, we see that's what's happened. Batman has gone up to Wayne Manor, and the door is open. And the caption says, Making certain he is not observed, Batman reaches the front door, knocks, and then joyfully greets two familiar figures. Yep, and it's it's Alfred and Dick Grayson. Batman says, Alfred, Dick, sigh. Hurry, let me in. Oh, I've had such a harrowing night. This is terrific. I love this. Is I mean, this is oh, this is good stuff. The next panel, we see Alfred and we see Dick Grayson, and emerging from a room behind them, it looks like Clark Kent. And what looks like Clark Kent is saying, "Did you call, Dick?" And Batman says, "Clark, Clark Kent." What are you doing here? And he's visibly shaking. You can yeah. see the, you know, the, the motion lines yeah. coming off him. This continues in the next panel. We see Batman with the moon behind him and Clark Kent says, Clark Kent in inverted commas because, why shouldn't I be here? This is my home. My name is not Clark Kent. It's Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Like Bond, James Bond. This is essentially speeding bullets 30 years early. Or speeding bullets, singular, yes, 30 years yes, early. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the Elseworlds story. Uh-huh. I can't remember who wrote it, but Eddie Barrett will draw it. I can't and remember what it's called. Yes. It. And there was also, um, mm-hmm. kind of getting ahead of it slightly, but there was a, one of the kind of rotating backup strips in the Superman comic in the early 80s was, of course, Superman, uh-huh. Bruce Superman Wayne. Mm-hmm which was the, the conceit that Clark landed in Gotham as opposed to, to Kansas. Yes. So anyway, back to the plot. So Alfred is trying to, to lead Batman away, and Batman says, No, no, I'm Bruce Wayne. You're Clark Kent, and Superman too. Has everybody gone crazy? And the other Bruce Wayne, who looks like Clark Kent, says, Hmm, Dick, this poor man is obviously suffering from some delusion. Alfred, hold him while we phone the police. In the next panel... Batman's not having it. He punches Alfred out and he thinks to himself, That phone call was an excuse so they could don their Superman and Robin identities. Then they'll sneak around the house, pretend they were passing by and grab me. Sorry, Alfred, but I must do this. So the next panel, pretending to make good his escape, Batman soon steals back silently to eavesdrop. Yep, Batman has basically done what he did at Commissioner Gordon's window, so we see him outside Wayne Manor, peering in, and Dick Grayson is mopping Alfred's brow, and Alfred is saying, 
I'm sorry I let him get away, Bruce. And Bruce stroke Clark Kent looking guy says, It's just as well, Alfred. It might have looked too suspicious if Superman and Robin captured him here on the Wayne estate. And in the next panel, we see Batman standing outside Wayne Manor and he's still eavesdropping. And he overhears the conversation from inside. And presumably this is Dick saying, If it hadn't been for that oil truck, you would have had him in jail by now. What worries me is that he somehow learned your secret identity. And then, for the sake of ease, we'll just keep calling him Superman to avoid any debate over Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent. And Superman says, Yes, he may expose it when I finally bring him in. But as crime fighters, we'll have to take that risk. And then outside... At the bottom of the page, we've got a lovely three panels together and it kind of zooms into Batman's very distraught, shocked face. Mm. And he's thinking, am I having a nightmare? An hallucination? No. Somehow I know this is no hallucination. I know this is actually happening to me. That it's real. If this is real, has my life as Batman, Bruce Wayne, been something I imagined? Am I now sane for the first time? If so, then who am I? This is really good, isn't it? It's fantastic, but he's been put through the ringer here. Yeah, so the next panel, we move on to the top of page eight, and we see Batman running off into the night with the moon behind him. Tortured by self-doubt, Batman searches his memory, then remembers... He's thinking, Batwoman, Kathy Kane, her house is nearby, maybe she can help me. And we cut to outside the house. Mm -hmm. The caption says, But as he nears the house, his heart sinks again. Yeah, and there's basically an elderly couple approaching this house where Batman was expecting to find Kathy, and the the old woman is saying, Henry, the minute we get into the house, I want you to put a new light bulb in the kitchen. Uh, Batman thinks, Maybe Kathy moved. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore. Oh, no. Later, as Batman wanders aimlessly through the city. Yep, and I see Batman, and he's looking up at a, a building, and he sees the sign outside, and he thinks to himself, View magazine. Picture magazine that Vicky Vale works for. She usually works late, developing prints. Vicky loves me. She'll help me. He's a player, isn't he? He is a bit. Mm. I'm not into it. Right, so, in the next panel... He's inside the building He's gone now. inside the building, yep, and, and it's Lois Lane. And Batman exclaims, Lois Lane, what are you doing here? Lois says, I work here, mister. And just to set the record straight, my name is Vicky Vale. But but that's not possible. You're Lois Lane, reporter on the Daily Planet in Metropolis. This is crazy. And Vicky Vale, for it apparently is her and not Lois Lane after all, she says, crazy, say, you must be that loony character the police are looking for. And in the foreground of the panel, she's activating her Jimmy Olsen-style signal watch because we see it going, zee, 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 zee. My goodness. My first experience of such a device was the issue of the Defenders when Hank McCoy gave a watch to Vera and says, <laughs> I can hear it with my beast hearing whenever you need me. And he goes off to do whatever and she presses the watch straight away. And of course, Excellent. rather poignantly, Hank doesn't come back. <laughs> so that was my experience of such a thing. Excellent. Hank McCoy being the beast. That was before I'd even was aware of the Jimmy Olsen signal watch. So in the next panel... His last hope gone, Batman slumps despondently into a chair and... Minutes later... Yep, Superman and Robin fly in the open window. It must be said that Batman in this panel looks very much like the famous Detective Comics 27 case of the Chemical Syndicate. Batman sort of pose. It's quite... It's mm-hmm. interesting. Robin and Superman fly in and Superman says, What's wrong, Vicky? I heard your signal. And then Vicky Vale says... Look who visited me. I switched on a signal watch you gave me as soon as I realised who he was. As the desperate Batman turns to flee... Ironically, he is tackled by the boy he always thought of as his crime-fighting partner. 
and Robin's gone for him. Basically, are we in the are we in the splash panel now at this point? I think we are. I just about yeah. Yeah. So Batman says, "Let me go," and Robin says, "Phew, you're a tough man to hold down." Oh my goodness, <laughs> Wertham was right. <laughs> and the next panel, yep, Superman punches Batman on the jaw, and he says, "I hate to do this, but I must take you in." Later, when Batman regains consciousness at police headquarters. And now we're on the cover. Superman is holding Batman and and he says, Now, Robin, unmask this man and let's have a look at his face. No, don't. I must keep my identity secrets. I'm Batman. Doesn't anybody here remember me? But Robin moves in relentlessly and suddenly Batman's secret face is exposed at last. Yep, the the mask is off and Commissioner Gordon looks a bit startled and Vicky looks a bit nonplussed and Robin looks a bit nonplussed and... Batman, with his back to us, says, What? And in the next panel, two voices from off panel. One says, I've never seen him before. And the other says, Who is he? And Batman says, Oh, please, please. Doesn't anybody know me? Doesn't anybody remember me? Top of the next page, we have Commissioner Gordon sat behind his desk. We have our Batman sat in front of him. Unmasked. Yep. And Superman standing behind. And then the caption says, Suddenly, a newcomer enters. Yes, because this version of Bruce Wayne stroke Clark Kent combo guy has, has walked in and he says, Hello, Superman. I heard that you caught him. Imagine the fellow actually claimed to be me. Absurd, isn't it? And Superman says, I agree, Wayne. And Batman thinks, Clark, but how? Of course. Superman had Alfred come here in disguise so that I'd be disbelieved if I mentioned Superman's secret identity. But... Superman should know I'd never expose his identity or Robin's. And, yeah, Commissioner Gordon's in the process in the next panel of taking our Batman's fingerprints. Indeed, Commissioner Gordon and Vicky Vale, stroke Lois Lane, is taking a photograph of the whole thing. And Commissioner Gordon says, now, mister, maybe your fingerprints will tell us who you are. Sometime later, the report on Batman's fingerprints finally comes in. Yep, and it's an external shot of the, the police headquarters and there's a bird flying by, which is quite a nice detail. And a voice coming from inside the building says... The FBI has no record of his prints in the crime, civilian or armed services file. The fellow is a complete cipher. And Batman thinks, I have no name, no identification. It, it's as if I never existed until today. And then a police officer bursts into the room and exclaims, A tipster just phoned in and said the Red Raven gang will pull a job at the Gotham Pipeworks. And Superman says, Robin and I will take care of them. Later, as Batman is locked in a cell like a criminal... Yep, and we see, that's what we see, and he looks very despondent, hands on his hips, and he thinks to himself... They didn't remove my utility belts. They didn't know or forgot about the pouches. I could mix two chemicals together, make an explosive that would blow up in the prison wall. I could escape, but I'd still be thought a criminal. I'll act on that old expression, if you can't lick him, join him. I'll help Superman and Robin capture the Red Raven gang, convincing them that I'm a crime fighter too will be a start in solving my predicaments. Fantastic. This story I think would be it with chapter headings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Absolutely, yes, I know what you mean. This, up, um, this, we're now obviously moving into to chapter three, but before, you know, essentially, now, before we go any further, Red Raven, mm-hmm. that's a name to conjure with. Yes. That, there's a history with that name. It's a Marvel character, isn't it? Absolutely, yes, uh-huh. Am I right uh, in thinking it was a one and done in the Golden Age and then he was brought back as an X-Men villain, something like that? I believe it was Roy Thomas that brought him back. Right. Cause, and he ended up in the Liberty Legion. You he did? I think somewhere on there at some point, and then, but I believe there might have been some other variations on it, but he's, he's not he's not a major 
Marvel character. But no. it's interesting that given that we also focus focus on the legacy aspect, I wonder if maybe this story in World's Finest is what prompted Roy to bring him back. Could be. Coming back be, into I the wonder. forefront of his mind. I yeah. wonder. We move on to the top of page 11. Later at the Pipeworks. And yeah, there's a big sign on the side of this building that says Gotham Pipeworks and there's a car and there's some pipes lying around and the car, obviously, obviously the getaway car that's parked and there's four guys in suits and who must be the one guy who must be the Red Raven, and they were leaving by the door, and the Red Raven, his outfit is it's like a red shirt, a red hat, he's got blue leggings and red boots, and there's a sort of fin on his helmet, on his mask, I should say. It's quite similar to the, the mask the Crimson Avenger had a few issues yeah. ago. It actually looks a bit like a ridiculous Marvel character called Gamecock, I believe. Oh, really? Who's like a Captain America villain for Right, and oh, it's an annual or something. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it's called. But that's a similar sort of headdress to that. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, that this... Pipeworks has got the worst disabled ramp I've ever seen. It's very steep, isn't it? It's incre- it, I mean, there's no stairs. It is one this yeah. so, solid, like, slope down, it's but it's like a 45-degree angle. Yeah, it's, uh, very steep, yeah. Yeah, uh, so yes. Health and safety is almost, obviously a priority at the Gotham Pipeworks. So yes, uh, they're escaping there, and Red Raven says, Now that the workmen are locked inside, nobody can stop us from getting away. Huh? Superman and Robin? Yes, and Superman and Robin have, have flown in, and Superman says, Grab the Red Raven, Robin. I'll handle his gang. That was some nice alliteration there. Thanks Wasn't for that. Indeed, yes. Oh, this next panel is phenomenal. As the criminal hirelings stampede towards their getaway car, Superman swiftly begins to fence them in. And this is this is terrific. I love when you used to sort of see this in cartoons and stuff. It's like, you know, Superman is obviously picking up the pipes and he's firing them into the ground and encircling the Red Raven's goons. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> These pipes will pen you in, he thinks, until I get you to the state pen. This Superman's all about, you know, alliteration and puns, isn't he? Yeah, it's a nightmare. So, at that moment, Batman nears the site to see... Yep, Um, Batman thinks to himself... Red Raven, drawing his gun. I can't get to him in time, but I can hurl that boulder at him. Because at the top of the ramp that, we've, that we just mentioned, Red Raven and Robin are having fisticuffs, and as Batman observes, Red Raven is going for his gun. Uh, and yes, Batman is also crouching down to pick up a large boulder that's on the ground. Mm-hmm. But Superman has also spotted Robin's plight, and unwittingly becomes the target for the throne boulder. We see Superman basically taking the boulder square in the chest, and he says, ah, that rock thrown by Batman must contain thulium, the one substance to which I'm vulnerable. And Batman exclaims, Great Scott! Superman is no longer vulnerable to kryptonite. I don't know how, but now it's thulium that weakens him. And the next caption, Instantly, the Red Raven overcomes Robin and starts to join his hirelings, rushing out of the partially completed pen. Yeah, because Superman is now laid out flat on the, at the top of the ramp at this point. The Red Raven has Robin over his shoulder. He's walking down the ramp and he says, We'll take Robin as a hostage. And off, off camera, we hear one of the goons and he says, Right, boss, let's hustle into our car and get out of here fast. As Robin is hustled into the getaway car, Batman rushes forward. Yep, sure enough, we get a really good shot of Red Raven here. He's wearing sort of Captain Triumph-style jodhpurs. Yes. Except they're, they're blue. Um, see Robin's legs in the back of the car and one of the goons looking out and Red Raven says, What? Who is this guy? Unexpectedly, the Red Raven's foot lashes out and... Yep, as Batman's rushed up, basically Red Raven's kicked him in the chest. Batman starts falling back and Red Raven says... Got rid of him. Now get this car going. By the time Batman recovers, the bandit car is gone. 
Yeah, there's an interesting perspective shot here. We see Batman looking up the ramp to where Superman is, and Superman's in the foreground using his heat vision to to burn into the ramp, the part of the ramp that the thallium rock is sort of sat on. And Batman thinks to himself, I've only made things worse. Superman must think him with the gang because I threw that boulder. Well, I see that Superman is using what strength he has left to burn through the wood with his heat vision so the boulder can drop to the ground. The only way I can vindicate myself now is to locate and rescue Robin. Hmm, mud left by the Red Ribbon's boot. It might give me a lead. Shortly, under the collapsible microscope from his utility belt, Batman sees that the mud contains grains of sand. And we get a close-up of a microscope slide, and it's sort of, yeah, it's just some blodges. It just basically looks like a blown-up version of the mud from the previous panel. <laughs> and Batman thinks, Ordinary sand is sharp, angular, but this sand is smooth, round, indicating it came from quicksand. Fantastic. This means that the Red Ravens gang hideout must <laughs> be in an area near bogs of quicksand. Fantastic. Have we had quicksand... Yeah, not 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 in these stories. No, um, this is great. There's something vaguely similar in that in Flash One Three Seven. You know, I suppose with mm, Jay yeah, getting drawn up the ground and all that. Yeah. Jake, show me a Fanta. <laughs> I get your quicksand. Keep a list at home, folks. Just pay attention in case there's any more yes. quicksand. So slow dissolve. Sometime later, at dusk, and we see Batman is, is crouching outside, and he thinks to himself, "This is the only area near Gotham City that has any sand box." They've got to be in that abandoned old factory now to notify Superman. But how? Over the page. Shortly, Superman flashes towards a summons from the sky. Batman has got a kite from somewhere and he's flying the kite and he's got a, well, Superman describes. Why? It's a kite with flaming twigs tied to it to form an S. Batman, you summoned me, but I thought, please, Superman, I'll explain later. First, we've got to crack the Red Raven's hideout and free Robin. I must say, with a a closer look on the kite, it looks like it's made out of newspaper. It looks Mm. like newsprint. Yeah. So he's he's obviously fashioned it together. (laughs) And I love the rusty can on the ground in the foreground of this panel. Minutes later, inside the plant with its discarded display models. We see Red Raven and his goons and Robin tied up and there's a giant eight ball and there's a giant roller skate and what looks like a giant tape recorder. Yeah, so obviously this must be a place that manufactured giant versions of things to go in exhibitions. Yes. Where superheroes can have adventures and throw them about and be photographed next to them or... Absolutely. Or laterly used on episodes of Land of the Giants or something or often. Basically, Superman has burst through the wall and Batman is coming behind him and Red Raven exclaims... What?! Superman and that costume character I kicked away from the car. Oh, it's not a giant tape recorder, it's a giant electric razor, because the caption says... Oh, yes. Snatching up the huge model of an electric razor, Superman whips it forward at the end of its long cord, and... Yeah, he basically lassoes the the Red Raven's goons, and Superman says, Sorry, (laughs) but you're in for a close shave. And Red Raven is raging in the next panel. He says... Oh, it's Superman... Or I'll toss this hand grenade right at Robin. And we can see Batman in the background approaching the giant roller skate that we mentioned. And then in the final panel of page 13, Batman launches himself onto the roller skate and rolls it towards Red Raven. As if a shot from a cannon, Batman suddenly launches forward and... Yeah, and he fires into Red Raven and the hand grenade goes flying from Red Raven's hand. Oh no. And And Batman says, Okay, Superman, now... And the next panel, top of page 14, Superman catches the grenade and explodes in his hands. Amazing. 
Yes. And Superman says, I've smothered the explosion in my hands. Either okay, Batman. And Robin says, you can say that again. And it's, it's great because you can see that Red Raven is now under the wheels of the roller skate. <laughs> it's terrific. Crushed to death. Yes, I think we'll, put that, we'll put that panel yes. on, on the socials. And then we have our, another slow dissolve. Later, after a long talk with Batman... And we see the, the three world's finest heroes sort of standing where Batman brought his plane down. It was a full moon, desert area sort of thing. And Superman is saying, Batman, now that we're convinced of your sincerity and sanity, I'd like to try a little experiment that may clear up this mystery. First, I'll repair your Batplane. Afterward, as Superman carries him high into the ionosphere, Batman looks down upon a fantastic sight. Yep, and it's a, an interesting shot of the Earth from space with Superman flying the Batplane in front of it. And Batman says, What? The Atlantic coastline? It's different. And Superman says, Aha, now I know my suspicions are correct. Upon landing... And they're all stood outside the plane on the ground and Superman says, Can't you guess the truth now? You're not on Earth. At least, not the Earth you know. You mean I'm on another Earth? I'm in another vibration plane? Another dimension? Fantastic. I'm punching the air right now, folks. This is tremendous. This is, We're getting to it now. And in the next close-up, Superman says, Yes, a twin world where evolution has paralleled your worlds. But with minor variations, here, Clark Kent and Lois Lane lead different lives, have different names. In my world, Batman never existed. Now I understand. While flying between the Twin Peaks, it was like crashing through an invisible wall. That was when I plunged into your dimension. Superman says, If I create a lightning storm in this area, the same freak conditions may occur that could plunge you back into your own dimension. Later, with his super breath, Superman blows cloud masses together. Then, when a thunderstorm is created... And Batman's in the plane and we see clouds with lightning sort of flashing down from them in the background and Superman and Robin in the middle of it all and Superman says, now Batman fly between the peaks again good luck, and Robin says I give my regards to the Robin in your world shortly between the storm lashed peaks the bat plane shudders violently and Batman wings down to his waiting destiny and we see the plane being sailed by lightning and flying through the storm and Batman thinks what if I didn't go through what if I'm still in the parallel world Got to walk into police headquarters again. Then I'll know. Soon, hoping, praying, Batman walks hesitantly into police headquarters. And there... By a sheer amazing stroke of luck, it's in Batman's entire supporting cast. From left to right, we have Vicky Vale, Commissioner Gordon, Robin and Batwoman. And Vicky Vale says... Batman, oh, we were all so worried. And Robin says... We were afraid you were lost in a storm. Boy, are we glad we got to see you back safely. Batman thinks... Vicky, Batwoman, Robin, Gordon, now I know I'm home again. The, the end. end. Magnificent. Yes, it's, it's good. There's definitely a sense of formula appearing, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of, you, know, you know, I always bang on about how I hate like broken machine stories, which is that Star Trek and Moffat-era Doctor Who of weird things happen and it turns out there's a computer malfunction which mm. has caused it all. It's getting a little bit like that when, you know, when superhero ex or character like Lois did in, in the story we did last time, mm -hmm. you know, experiences there's a bit of dislocation involving lightning and then yeah. weird stuff goes on and then they have goes to figure right it right back to that Wonder Woman issue. It, it does. It, the very start of it all. But it's, there's, yeah, there's definitely a formula. Cause it's almost Edgar Rice Burroughs-esque with dislocation, weird mm. stuff, finding out what's going on, getting home again. Yeah, it's still great fun. I've mm. major questions about this 
other world, though. Right. Uh, what is the situation with Superman and Robin? Yeah. Because Aye. obviously, you know, the whole point of Robin was Bruce Wayne sees a tragedy happen to someone young like it happened to him and takes him under his wing. Yeah. But Bruce Clark Kent, Superman Wayne, go yeah. to the circus that time. Yeah. I mean, and the same thing happened. The Robin, Robin Robin's origin circumstances are so unique and so involved in Batman, mm-hmm. like the circus being in Gotham. So yeah. you'd, you'd imagine that presumably if Clark stroke Superman or this Bruce Wayne version of you know Superman at this point why isn't he like a super boy mm-hmm. in a Jonathan Kent or Connor style sort of slightly different sort of costume but you also know? also you know he's he's not powered he's just, he's just like Robin so really it's it's major major endangerments considering you know the number of um, super powered baddies that Superman can take mm-hmm. on and, it's, and it's he's a, bringing this like young kid in who's an actor yeah. this. It's, it's slightly different when it's Batman who's like the best of the best who's trained him to be the best of the best whereas Superman doesn't have all the training, isn't of course, it? Of absolutely. Yeah. We are totally nitpicking the heck out of no, this. No, but, it's, in, but, but, it, it's, no, but it's, it's worth sort of extrapolating because the interesting thing there was the thulium as opposed to, to mm. kryptonite. Yes. That's that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's shocking to see Batman unmasked and fingerprinting and just reacting going, what is going on? I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed the aspect of Batman as a fugitive and Batman not knowing what was happening and feeling quite scared and worried about what was going on and, uh-huh. you know, the con- his genuine concern about whether or not he's going to make it home. Nowadays, we're so used to ice cold, more confident than God Batman. Yes. As opposed to this version, who's a little bit, oh, a bit wary. But as I say, I'm, I'm starting to detect a bit of a of a formula yes. to the non-Earth 1, Earth 2, JSA sort of stories. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see how many more of them come along and how we how we feel about them and if the stories kind of justify it and if the stories are worth it. But I think in that case it was quite interesting because it's kind of Batman out of his depth and a bit different from the usual. Absolutely. Which probably say a little bit as well about, um, given that we did a Lois Lane story last week, it's interesting that Lois is involved in this one, even though it's not actually Lois. Yeah. I mean, he looks like Lois, mm-hmm. but it's Vicky Vale. I mean, it's interesting that these specific Superman Metropolis style parallels yeah. are there and the slight crossover between what Lois and Vicky do as a job. And uh-huh. So do we think uh, Metropolis and Gotham are merged in this earth? Well, maybe, you know, they pointed out the the coastline, the skyline, and all that. Yeah, definitely. It's a thinker. It's, one, it's yeah, definitely a few questions that we'll never know the answer to. We shall ponder. We shall. Sadly, there's no reader reaction for this one. Pre- no letters pages. Yeah, so we can't really give you any details what people thought at the time. But that's what we thought. We would love to hear what you thought. Yes, and how can you do that? Well, you can email us at the podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Earth Two Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at podcast underscore earth2. We're going to post up, as we said there, lots of pictures from the story. Please let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. If you listen to us on the Apple services, maybe give us a review and a rate. That would be handy. That would be nice. That helps us. Indeed, yes. So, once again, thanks for listening. And hopefully you'll join us next time on The The Earth Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates. It'll be good to see Dick again. Prime. Please. Sorry. (laughs) Okay.